Welcome to Strange Bedfellows Podcast, where no question is too dark, no topic too taboo. Join us to explore sexuality, self-help, and politics with our expert guests and friends. We believe that sexual rights are human rights and that we can all create a brighter world through education and conversation. I am a parent, I am a certified holistic sex educator, I am a longtime sex worker and adult industry entertainer. My name is Elle Stanger and I'm a host of Strange Bedfellows Podcast. My name's John. You might know me as the audio engineer and editor of last season's podcast. I'm now returning as a co-host for season two. I'm a 22-year-old gay man and activist who will share my perspective in the coming season. Join us while we explore and uncover the things that make us squirm, make us shiver, make us tingle in delight. Because sex and politics can make for some very strange bedfellows. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. We have one, two, three, four, five episodes left. Um, we're so grateful for all of you, your support. Um, we have a pretty good rating on Apple Podcasts. Did you notice that, John? Yeah. Pretty five stars. Yeah. Um, but we can always use more. Some of the, there's um, the one or the two stars um, are fun to read those too. I appreciate bad reviews because that lets us know how we can do better. But some people on there are just, uh, I think they just don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway go throw us a nice review if you like us and you want to support yeah, the reviews show. and listens are always appreciated um it's fun sometimes to check our, our chart positions i rarely do because they change quite a bit but right now we are at spot number 33 for podcasts about philosophy in canada 28 in britain for philosophy and uh spot mm. number 80 in uh, the united states um that's kind of cool. pretty darn good. Yeah. Just a couple of dinguses, you and me. So that's really cool. I did not know <laughs> that. that. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. So part of our goals in doing the show was to make an impact to make the sex industry better, safer, more yeah. communicative. And just to have these conversations, like it's it's so rare to hear people publicly having conversations I, I do think people have a lot more conversations about sex than we think um, even though it's way less than it should be but but a lot of those are hidden because you know it's between people or it's quiet and it's it's not something where people are really able to check against like other people's opinions and in, in a public setting and and I think it's mm -hmm. nice to be able to do that and to inform and to also just to help to help ourselves too you and I got through a lot of this show like learning more about ourselves and yeah. when folks visit me in the strip club or out in the coffee shop or on the street I hear a lot of feedback I do more than you do John because you don't live in Portland anymore and we were yeah. originally based out of Portland so yeah. um, but I get so much feedback from people who you know feel impacted or someone tells me that we helped make their sex lives better like that is enough for me so I'm so glad we've been able to do this show um but we're not over yet. So let's talk about something that's been just twisting my nipples in a very bad way for a while. Um, so the Super Bowl is coming up uh, in 2011. Texas Attorney General Greg Abbott stated that the Super Bowl is a hub for sex trafficking, that it is the largest um, 
single like event of where sex trafficking people meet in the United States. Um, his office has never provided any information or evidence on why they say that, and they have not revisited it since. But every year, I see an increase, I'm, and I'm starting to see them now with like anti-porn people or supposedly supposed like trafficking experts, but it's just like people on Facebook sharing their opinions um, on their mommy blogs about how to fight trafficking. Um, so it, the fear mongering really sucks when so much of it is without evidence, but it's so popular. And the most recent one about that was the white vans rumor. Did you see that? Um, yeah. So I've seen the rumors of white vans on like Facebook and stuff a lot. Um, you know, the, the platforms that typically spread those like, yeah, Super Bowl esque um, like trafficking narratives um which is you know damaging because then people are misinformed and don't realize that a lot of trafficking isn't um clad like that um no so the white the white van thing was came from an initial instagram post that was shared i thought it was the the white van that had been shared where it was like there's this van that's driving around and like they've been like stopping near like girls and stuff and like it, it basically was just that vans across like different cities in the US had been doing this as some sort of a coordinated like what this recent wave stems from this was a couple months ago when a post that looks like the photo came from Snapchat was posted on Facebook and the post said it was a picture of a van with a lock like an industrial lock on the outside and this is what people use I've dated a lot of um handy people and this is what they do to lock their trucks better so that people don't break into them and steal their tools which I've also had happen to friends so the post was in all caps if you see any vans like this call 911 this is utilized for sex trafficking the post was shared 151,000 times these are work trucks this is a fucking work truck so what people think sex trafficking is so often and what they're afraid of is their daughter you know, themselves, their friend being snatched off the street in a mysterious white van. And then all of a sudden you're in a trafficking ring. That's not what usually happens. Um, As someone who's studied sex trafficking, not just from a academic point, but from working with people in advocacy groups and attending law enforcement gatherings and hearing feedback about what the actual bus look like. I know that most Sex trafficking revolves around people in domestic violence situations like youth, runaways, um, or immigrants who have no resources, couldn't tell you where they are if you showed them a map, don't speak the language. So people that are literally shipped across the world to do labor or people that are already in these, you know, unsafe um relationships where and I'll read you some examples because we heard from people but those things don't happen spontaneously you know so I think it's a lot more exciting and scary for folks to be like it could be you and also people like to feel like they're helpful so seeing these posts shared drives me nuts and then there was another one it was a picture of two cars door handles being zip tied together (laughs) and it was this lady on Instagram I saw this because she's selling um, a mommy fitness program and one of her posts was a picture of two cars parked next to each other with zip ties on the handles and this is something that 
people do as like a prank to be a dumb dickhead probably drive away and they're just going to break because it's a zip tie. Um, but if you don't want to damage your car, you probably want to cut it. Um, this lady posts, yeah. the caption is, don't ignore the signs of sex trafficking and how these predators victimize their targets in broad daylight. I'm going to say all the caps like that. This isn't just some petty oh. doing due to bad parking. This is a distraction. And the minute you look down in your purse to look for something to cut the tires, boom, you're in the back of someone's trunk. Help us raise awareness. Learn so you can spread the word with us. Serve your community with purposeful information. Sex trafficking 101 on, and it's this mommyfitness.com. Protect your family. She's selling shit. Um, She's selling shit. And this post, and I looked at this person's account. It came up in Discovery for me. This post was liked 46,993 times when I looked at it. So I was like, oh, this is a big account, right? No, it's not. This person had like 2,000 followers, if I recall correctly. And I looked at her other posts, like selling her other shit. And it was like seven likes, 14 likes, 30 likes. So part of the reason people like to share stuff like this is because they know it will draw attention to their account. Yeah. And like how nice of them to spread awareness. But okay, so here's some feedback I got after I shared online. I said most people who are trafficked or forced to work sex, et cetera, are one immigrants without resources or contact or English language fluency. If we're talking U.S. English language fluency two people in domestic violence, pimp relationships, three minors and runaways. And then there's, of course, intersections and overlap amongst those. Um, it is so rare that people are snatched off the street. Like Elizabeth Smart was a famous case where she was a girl abducted and forced to be a sex slave in this creepy man's basement. That is so horrible, but that doesn't happen very often. And the reason we hear about it so much when it does in the media is because she was a white blonde, like someone's, you know, somebody's daughter. So it was yeah. very scary to white America. So if we decriminalize yeah. sexual labor, it'd be way easier to discover coercion and force. Um, so I got some feedback from people. Uh, this person says, hi, regarding your stories on sex trafficking, where I am, a lot of sex trafficking in this area is generational and tied to meth manufacturing and usage. Lots of mothers and grandmothers were selling children for sex because they were involved and it's, quote, just what we do. Studying public health has been really wild. Another person responded, we, and she works for a, um, anti-trafficking organization she said we experienced quite a bit of daughters being trafficked by ultra-religious parents not minors but adult daughters but due to their religion they assume they're doing god's will this woman says most people really don't understand sex trafficking and it's sickening both my eldest sister and i were sex trafficked by her majorly abusive ex-boyfriend i was 12 he put drugs in my drink and sold me to his best friend she got it worse than i did sex trafficking isn't so black and white and isn't always so blatant um, someone else got back to me, said that they were looking up familial sex trafficking and the opioid crisis is making it worse. And you see a ton of articles on West Virginia officials talking about, um, in human trafficking increasing because of the opioid crisis. Uh, this person says in Springfield, Oregon, they're seeing parents selling their children for sex so they can buy drugs. Hi, please keep me anonymous. But the only time I was ever trafficked was by my mom for drugs. So I can speak firsthand that it's very common for families in poverty and battling addiction. And those are just some responses I got no. from strangers on Instagram um, and a couple people I knew. But yeah, so no. um, so if you want to be helpful, 
when you see those kinds of things being circulated, it's really hard because you don't want to be the person that, you know, without real evidence or proof is like, oh, this isn't real. But so go to Snopes. Snopes is a pretty good resource. S-N-O-P-E-S dot com. It's existed for a long time. They are the myth busting website. So I looked up white van trafficking. No, false. There is no increase in that. There is an increase in reports being made of white vans because people are scared now. (laughs) The zip tie post one was also dispelled on there. Um, What's this thing you found? I was actually just surprised because it was very close to where I used to live Mm. um, when I originally, like this is less than five minutes driving from my parents' place Mm -hmm. um, because it's just the town over, but... Um, there was a big human trafficking crackdown in, um, in the city, uh, of San Jose. Mm-hmm. And it was really fascinating to read this article and see sort of the language as well, um, mm-hmm. used around by the Mercury News. So if I, can I read a little bit of it? Yeah, totally. So this is the San Jose, sure. California news, the Mercury News. Y- yes. Okay. So San Jose police sex crimes detectives involved in a nationwide anti-human trafficking operation found two teenage girls they believed were coerced into prostitution. One of the girls was 13 years old, the youngest victim found in the Bay Area during the FBI-led Operation Cross Country X. In all, local authorities reported finding six underage victims and arrested or cited 14 people suspected of acting as pimps. Six adult prostitutes were also found to be forced into the sex trade. It's huge because it doesn't happen all the time, says Sergeant Eric Kwan, who ran the San Jose portion of the operation. We don't get a lot of these minors. It's a great feeling, and it's what we strive for. San Jose police also found a 17-year-old girl they say was briefly pimped by a couple who they met, or who she met through Snapchat. So I I was just kind of reading through this article and it was like, it's, I don't know. It's interesting. What, what are your thoughts on the language? So sex trade, (sighs) prostitutes. It's um, hard because so prostitution is the definition for the legal term, which criminalizes the sale of sex between two people, whether or not they are adults or minors However, California is a state, and I believe they still do this, that does prosecute minors of prostitution charges, which they shouldn't be able to because if they're under 18, um, then they're victims of trafficking by the law, by the federal law. A lot of investigators don't know that. So they'll start to charge someone for prostitution, and it's usually a survival sex worker youth. This is how kids become criminalized. Um... I think that I don't trust San Jose Police Department to know what is good for people working in sex, whether or not they're doing it legally or illegally or consensually or survival or forcibly. And I believe that decriminalization would be able to very much help them distinguish who actually needs help. Because if they arrested, what did you say, seven adult adults working Um, as prostitutes as well? Yeah. So are like, were they, you know, were they doing listings? Were they involved with pimps? Like in what way? There's just so much information we don't have, but I'm very concerned for people. And it was a lot of pimps too. Like they, they said 14 people were suspected of acting as pimps, which I thought was a lot of people. I was actually quite surprised, but I suppose that it does require a network of people to manage a network of people. So that, that makes a lot of sense, I guess. Um, it, It just sort of reminded me of this article I'd read at the, the very beginning of the year uh, mm-hmm. on the the 18th um, where like 
there there was this article and I thought that it was like another one of those like you know super bully articles about trafficking but apparently um in sort of the same the same area in California <laughs> same San Jose Police Department uh, a 14 year old girl who was kidnapped in Northern California used Snapchat to share her location with friends who then called 911 mm-hmm. um, CNN reported on it Good. and I've just been interested in like you know what are your thoughts on when when you hear about these like rescue stories because of digital mediums what do you think it's important for people to to keep in mind like is it should we expect like i don't know i I think there's a false sense of hope that like with technology trafficking is gonna stop Mm. um and and i think it's important for people to to like realize that might not be true i mean what is media media is a method of communication and it's a method of advertising so all of it's not going to make things it's not going to make things either better or worse i think in either way i think it's simply going to expand what is possible to happen yeah um, I mean, media, social media and the Internet has sped everything up quite dramatically and including people's anxiety about issues because I didn't used to be able to, if I couldn't sleep at three in the morning, pick up the thing next to me, turn it on and see news of all the horrible shit that's happening around the world at any moment. Like things just move faster now. So that includes listings, people being able to interact, hurt each other or rescue each other. I don't think no. there's there's any answer to it. Um I think decriminalization is just going to be the way to go so that we're not charging people with crimes when we shouldn't be. And that actually includes on pimps real quick, because what you said earlier, you said that's a lot of pimps. What if I told you that if you were, say, maybe me and B are living in a different part of the country and I'm working sex and I get arrested and B is living with me and like aware of my activities and maybe like, you know paying rent to me or I'm paying rent say I'm paying rent to him because I live in his apartment or his house or whatever is you know are the cops going to be like that's your pimp like how you know what I mean like because if he was facilitating or promoting my activities so it's really it's sketchy even with like coming down on pimps it's like we just don't know enough because these terms are thrown around so yeah um, yeah, a partner, a pimp and a partner, it's often a gray area between the dynamics of the relationship. And that's not something for the law to necessarily decide. Um, also, while I was poking around on Snopes, I'm sorry, this is semi, this is not related, but it is when we're talking about um, trafficking of any form. <laughs> Man cited for using fake skeleton to drive in HOV lane. A 62-year-old man was cited in Arizona after trying to disguise a fake skeleton as a passenger just to use the HOV lane. So the fast lane. I use the fast lane when I have my kid in the car. I know. I saw a trucker. It's really funny. There was a trucker behind me uh, three days ago driving. I looked in my rear view and I was like, oh, how cute. He has a fake skeleton in the passenger seat. Like, that's a fun decoration. He must be bored. (laughs) Now I kind of wonder if that's like... (laughs) If he's doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, Smart. yes. Snopes.com is a fun, fun website to poke around. Rax is the first native app designed by and for sex workers. With unique features like a social feed, club reviews, income tracking, and event calendars, use it to grow your business at the touch of a button. For more information on Rax and more events, in-depth courses, and free content for adult entertainers, visit www.raxtoriches.com. 
R-A-C-K-S-2Riches.com. And just for Strange Bedfellows listeners, use discount code SBP at checkout for 10% off any educational products. Are you looking for a sex worker-friendly therapist who specializes in gender and sexuality in the Portland, Oregon, or Vancouver, Washington area? Sue Uveri is licensed in both states. Visit www.genderandsextherapy.com to learn more about Sue's offerings and her experience working with adults, youth, queer, and trans folks. Sue also accepts sliding scale rates for cash-only clients. Visit genderandsextherapy.com to meet Sue and to create a path to self-care and wellness. Are you looking for personalized, non-judgmental medical care in Portland metro area? Solace Health, the office of Dr. Eric Shalan, provides full-spectrum primary care services including chronic disease and psychiatric medical management, acute injury and illness treatment, and men and women's sexual health in a unique model operating outside of the usual insurance system. Experience relaxed one-hour appointments with same-day availability, as well as direct physician access via text, email, or phone for a flat monthly fee of $67 to $100 regardless of insurance coverage. Visit solacehealthpdx.com. That's S-O-L-A-C-E healthpdx.com for more information or call to schedule a free, no obligation consultation to see if Solace Health is the right fit for your needs. 503-231-3371, solacehealthpdx.com. Welcome back to Strange Bedfellows. Me and Elle are going to dive into some unsolicited letters. I have attached a DM, John, maybe uh, there's about three screens we could read through. I would love to take turns with you reading this that I got from a stranger. Could you start, please? I want to do very aggressive sexual things to you in all honesty, (laughs) but then I know you, but my mind remains me that you know me not. Our conversations would be very interesting, but that's in a different reality. Don't worry, I'm respectful of you. Most likely we'll never text again unless you respond. But then who is this guy from nowhere, USA? I'm worth it. Not just for the kink sexy, that energy focus and emotional mastery. It's the no judgment and acceptance that people say I offer that is the most comforting. Your smile (laughs) reminds me of mine as a teenager. Um... I have very bad low self-esteem issues. I was never taught to be a man or talk to girls. No shit. I see that in you at one time, possibly before you mastered it. I still don't know how to talk to girls. I'm most likely talking out my ass and I apologize. I'm a little stoned and I did drink, but and I don't normally drink, but I want to get it out of my house through me or whatever. What? Yeah, that's not helping me at all here. Not that... I'm an artist. I see that in you. <laughs> I'm proud of your work and you sharing of your shadow mm-hmm. work. You're opening up the inner goddess in that light. Okay, I'm going to stop. I know you haze thousands of texts and I sound like a, oh, whatever. Um, let's go with amazing, expansive. I have a Thunder Buddy outfit. I don't know what that means. That probably means something else and it's a typo. A Thunder Buddy outfit? Um, a full body outfit? I don't know. Add a really interesting hidden historical fact here. Add Jung quote. Young. Wrap up with can't wait to text more for personal positive thinking. 
<laughs> and poof off my spelling goes to you casting spells that's why they call it spelling by the way your personality and mind are very sexy <laughs> there's a lot going on here uh, so God. felt like i was reading shakespeare oh don't like struggling with the words and like oh. the meaning and <laughs> Shakespeare at least had like a nice uh what is it iambic pentameter nice rhythm yeah it made more sense whereas this guy's iambic pentameter would probably give you anxiety like. oh my god well just but the yeah. way like the opening line I want to do very aggressive sexual things to you in all honesty like all right let's what just a great way to start off jump off there yeah. I feel safe and aroused mm, tell me more <laughs> um <laughs> um so You're just like oh loins wet <laughs> immediately constricting and clenching and releasing um I read this a few times because I was really trying to get like an an insight. Um, I almost feel like there's a little bit of negging going on where he's like, oh, you remind me of me, like low self-esteem and not good at talking to girls, but you've probably gotten better at it now, <laughs> which was the first part. Um, and then... It's weird when grown ass men and I get this when they're like, I'm proud of you and I'm proud of your work. And I'm like, mm, paternalistic because you are not my dad. So like, I don't care yeah. if you're proud of me. And also what do it means nothing. Um, yeah. By the way, your personality and mind are very sexy. Well, thank you. I'm really glad that we didn't just make this all about you, <laughs> sir. <laughs> anyway, yeah. so a peek into my inbox. Dun, dun, dun. I did not respond to this because I don't want to encourage this because I've already this person reminds me of another person that kind of acted similarly like I need attention and validation and I'm not doing well let's spark a friendship and I'm like eh. and it, it went downhill when I try to interact with that other customer in a way because I had some like pity for them yeah it didn't go well so now I just sense yeah. the toxicity. This reminds me a little bit of, um, there was this one guy on Instagram one time, um, and I showed this to my my boyfriend, like the message, not the the dick pic. Um, but there's this guy who used to text me on Instagram or DM me drunk, and he would always ask for nudes and send a picture of his dick, and then he would apologize. Mm. And it got to the point where he was doing this so often every time he got drunk that he would preemptively apologize. Ugh. He's like, hey, sorry, I know this isn't cool or whatever. And Ugh. then he would send me a dick pic. And stop doing it. And I'm like, okay, I get that you have like insecurity and shame and like problems with communication, but that doesn't translate properly here. Mm -hmm. And you're not like taking care of that the way you should. Mm -mm, <laughs> and no. if you're, you know, unhappy with the way that you're communicating with people, maybe you should change that rather than just expressing it and continuing the same behavior mm -hmm. because then you're not really helping anyone and you're continuing to be toxic. It's like so. the parent like spanking the child and saying, this hurts me more than it hurts you. You know, like, I'm so sorry I have to do yeah. this, but I'm about to do this. Yeah. That's annoying. Oh God. That's exactly what like getting dick pics from that guy was like. So. <laughs> Yeah, I just felt bad for him too because like I don't know I can there are people who would be a lot more bothered by it and entirely fairly they should be mm -hmm. um I sexed a lot so like whether dick pics are you know like not anymore but I used to sex a lot so whether dick pics are like you know consensual or not no longer bothers me because 
it's just been such a uh, so many errors have happened and so many people have sent me stuff without me like necessarily mm-hmm. um like asking for it mm-hmm. so it doesn't it's just you know like once you grow to a certain size on social media your inbox is just a weird funk land that mm-hmm. everyone can kind of relate to um but but yeah no i was just thinking like you know why why do people continue to do the things they observe about themselves that are problematic in communication? I'm like, what? A, he Because the guy, like, look at these messages he sent you. He's mm-hmm. like, several times, he's like, he kind of points towards the fact that he shouldn't be doing this. He's like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not helping me at all here. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm out of I'm this guy in the middle of nowhere, like, f- from nowhere, USA. I'm like, and I'm just like, this is, it's like mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, negging yeah. himself and negging you and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yep weird. and it feels negative it's good that we can identify those um yeah just because someone needs help doesn't mean you're the person to help them you know uh all right let's <laughs> speaking of trying to help people when we can uh let's do some listener questions So I got this message. Um, this person wants to give feedback and share uh, some messages they received. So this ties in quite nicely, actually. This person says, I have feedback about ghosting and weird messages. It sparked an interesting conversation with a coworker of mine about why some people feel more comfortable ghosting after a first date as opposed to saying something to their date out of fear of their reactions. Um, I did not change any of the spelling or word symbol use in the message. The context is this: these messages were sent the day after our date, a day before this conversation. He sent me approximately eight messages throughout the day, which I was unable to respond to while at work. So her response to whatever, she starts out, thank you. I had a nice time the other night, but I am not feeling it with us. I wish you well in finding someone in the future. So that's nice because I've definitely criticized before people. I'm like, don't ghost. If you don't have to, it's mean. Um, the only reason to ghost is if you feel unsafe. So his response, I know we just had one date and I also enjoyed meeting you. You seem like a bubbly and amazing person. I've been looking forward to seeing you again because I felt a second date was a great idea and I just felt I enjoyed your time and would love to show you more what I have to offer if you're willing to let me take you out on one more date to see if we click. However, if you feel yesterday I really came off strong or came off, quote, desperate, as some say, it's because dot, 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 I think you are a very beautiful and sweet woman. I felt I met a genuine person. I feel bad I blew up your profile yesterday, but I was very interested in seeing you again. If you don't... This is getting ranty. I know. I don't know if I'm going to actually... Oh, yeah, I should include all of this. All right, it gets pretty... No, no, you should should read all of it. I'm just saying in the context of like, you know, if Mm -hmm. she... uh, For her to say, thank you, I had a nice time, but I'm not feeling it. And for him to go on so long is already... Yeah, Mm -hmm. no, 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 this is interesting though. Keep going. All right, good. (laughs) Um... I will come out and confess and be honest. When I made you laugh and you smiled at me, I got a little excited. There's a lot of typos here. When we said goodnight, all I've been able to do, quite frankly, is your smile. When I got home Tuesday night, I thought about you while masturbating before I went to bed. I came so hard while thinking about you sexually, I hit my headboard. Oof. I had to have come (laughs) over three feet at least. If you don't wish... to meet me again because I accidentally came off strong yesterday. I would like to come out and say, you really are the most beautiful woman I've ever seen and had a great personality from what I saw. 
Oh my God. I was a little afraid to kiss you because I was nervous I'd accidentally come in my pants in front of you. Anyway, I'm sorry about yesterday. Are you offended? Then he followed up with, because she didn't respond to it. I've got two questions. First, I didn't want to seem desperate and wasn't going to message you for a day or two, actually, because I wanted to see you next week for that second date and felt I'd seem too pushy if I tried a lot to get a hold of you before you got back from your trip. Do you really not feel 100% or did I simply scare you away from yesterday? So, oh God. Okay. Yeah. This is like so much overthinking combined with so much toxic communication. Is he on Ambien? It's just like fascinating (laughs) maybe honestly like um i love that he's like look if i came off too strong (laughs) i'd like to come out and say you're the most beautiful woman i've ever seen right after telling her that like he came three feet in the air and hit his headboard thinking about her after their first date jesus christ okay i can understand why so many straight men are single (laughs) like this just oh wow I want like a real like psychologist to like profile this message and tell me what they think is going on. I feel like that's (sighs) the type of man who goes online later in life and like identifies as an incel and is like, women don't want to fuck me. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you wonder why. Yeah. Because you're so intense. All right. Next message. Um, (laughs) Next Want next, me to read it? Next listener question, really. Yeah. So I received this on Instagram. It was a conversation I had with this person. I have condensed verbatim everything they said, um, condensed it. Uh, I only changed maybe two. It's almost verbatim, I'll tell you. But for clarity, it's condensed because I'll tell you how I responded after you read the whole thing. Go ahead. Can you please block my boyfriend? I'm having a stressful pregnancy because my boyfriend keeps looking at your photos. I thought he was the one, and I didn't know he was like this until I was already pregnant. I was snooping on his Instagram and found out that he follows literally hundreds of strippers and half-naked women, and I confronted him, and he said he followed them before he met me, and he likes to support women. At this point, I would like to comment that, so I looked at her profile, and I was like, okay, pretty young lady, like, I don't see any photos of a dude or pregnancy. All I see is sexy pics of her. She looks like another Instagram model. Like, there's different photographers, different poses over time. It's just only photos of her being beguiling. Okay, so I asked her why. I only put photos of me like that because he told me I wasn't allowed to. So I thought maybe he would realize he's trying to have double standards. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, let's start with um, two wrongs don't make a right. (laughs) And if your problem is communication and boundaries and you've established that you don't want your partner doing something and you go out and do the exact same thing, whether or not that thing is bad, because you've established that boundary around it for your partner, for you to go and do it is then a little bit odd. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think there's no solution to this. I think they just have to leave each other and yes. pray, pray that they run in opposite directions and not like stay together for the rest of their lives. So I told her, I said, this is very unfortunate. I'm sorry to hear you're stressed out because he wants to look at women's photos. Um, this felt a little yucky to me, but I was, I was curious. So I figured I, I asked, you know, why are you having a baby with him um, if you can't trust him? And that's when she said, I didn't know he was like this until I was already pregnant. I told her, God, I'm really sorry. That's wait unfortunate. Wait until she finds out about Pornhub. Yeah. I said, I would focus on putting some space between the two of you and figuring out how you can move forward without relying on him. I would also like you to consider if you would feel healthy if another woman asked you to do this because I see you have some modeling photos up. And as a single parent myself, you can do your baby a favor and maybe start looking for a better co-parent. 
Um, I told her it's normal for no. people to look at porn even when they are in relationship. Although I want to point out he isn't supporting any of us unless he's actually sending us money or buying our writing or art. And I told her, I'm sorry, yeah. but I can't honor your request because that feels toxic the way both of you are interacting. She didn't respond. Yeah. I mean, it's incredibly toxic. And I feel it's, okay about that. <laughs> no. I yeah. wonder if that's some sort of foreplay uh, for them uh, or like, you know. <laughs> uh. Uh. And also, I used to know a couple um, back when, before I moved to Portland, I knew this couple that I was like sort of friends with and they they were really controlling with each other's Instagrams. Like they would each go through each other's Instagrams to make sure um, that like the other person wasn't doing stuff they didn't wanted, mm. like down to like which pictures they liked. Mm. And he would like purposefully like pictures to piss her off to make sure that she was like jealous mm. to like check that like she still liked him. Mm -hmm. And she would purposefully like message guys and stuff like that to like, mm. I don't know, make him irate. And I was just like, oh my God, you two are the most like needy, insecure, problematic, toxic people. And yeah, they, they also mm -hmm. were both like religious. So it's not really surprising, but I wish they could find healthier ways <sighs> to invigorate and create desire between because that's what this is yeah. centering around is they're both communication trying, well <laughs> i mean yeah like start a new hobby together I mean, or we something. talked about Jesus. like setting yourself up for success right like creating those situations where touch or stimulation and responsive desire create a scenario where you want to have sex but if you don't have communication and you can't establish your wants and needs and and tell the other person hey it makes me uncomfortable when you look at pictures of x but um, I want to work on that because I know that's not a a, a healthy behavior. Mm -hmm. How can we communicate about this so I'm more comfortable without ever infringing on on your right to just live and be a person and a human and, and meet your needs? Yeah. Um, and, and no one does that because they don't communicate and they weren't given the tools to. Um, and that's hard. Well, this is also a byproduct of monogamy being pushed as the only way because when people... Yeah are using jealousy to reinforce the thought that their partner doesn't want to lose them like oh he's upset because you know they want me all to themselves like oh how nice i'm so desired yeah. when it's like yeah Ooh. so and that rem yeah. like the thing that the woman said to you where she wanted you to block her boyfriend mm -hmm. to me that is just wild <laughs> you know i've <laughs> actually had that request before really yes and from a wow. person i knew from another model i knew and yeah. um it was a few years ago and she's a sweet lady i like her a lot but she sent me a dm and kind of similar she wasn't pregnant but she's like can you block my boyfriend it's stressing me out how much he looks at your photos and in that case i was like you know what i know this person in real life she's a bit younger than me and i know that it's gonna feel worse to me if i don't honor her request i i can block people all day yeah. long so that was my way of being yeah. like, I want to alleviate the discomfort in her life as someone I have to interact with rather than a total stranger. Yeah. Like I will block people all goddamn day yeah. long. I don't care if like my numbers go down, you know, whatever. Unfollow me. I don't care. Yeah. But um, the the whole like I'm pregnant and I'm trying to make this work and this is how I think I'm going to do it. It's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to. I don't feel good about participating <laughs> in this. Not at all. Yeah. Because it's just they're expecting you to enforce their toxic monogamy standards. And you know what's sad is probably some of the people she messaged likely did block, you know, her yeah. her boyfriend. Or, and, and that's just to me 
that's sad and that's you fine because he's like just gonna follow that... other people like there's a billion oh, people yeah, no. as, you know? as if like yeah you you blocking him out means that like exactly. all the models on ig are gone now yeah <laughs> like thank god he's back to like sainthood <sighs> yeah 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 so just the fact that there's so many other that was the other reason with the person i know it's like maybe i might meet their boyfriend in person like i do see her out in the world like i don't want to cause friction in my world but for a stranger to say can you block my boyfriend because it's giving me a stressful pregnancy it's like well i got bad news for you about how many other women he's you know hey friends are you sick of razor burn have your nethers cleaned up by the pros at netherlands wax in vancouver washington where experienced owner estheticians have performed literally thousands of brazilian waxes netherlands wax is gender neutral sex positive trans and queer welcoming kink positive and body positive we are just over the 205 bridge in vancouver washington worth the drive find us on facebook yelp or netherlandswax.com are you a man looking for insight into the male brain? Looking for a safe space to hear discussions about the problems men face every day? Are you struggling in daily life, but finding it hard to pinpoint the cause? Maybe your relationship is suffering. Maybe your job is sucking the life out of you. Or maybe you love sex, but aren't having any. Maybe you're just finding it hard to feel genuine connections. Well, head on over to the Brome podcast, where hosts Ben and Joe discuss many of the issues we face in daily life, but have little guidance in. You'll learn from the bros, and from guests like Elle, on how to talk to women, or any fellow human being. How to be more understanding and compassionate towards others, how to listen to your partners in the sack, and much more. Brome podcast. B-R-O-A-U-M. Again, that's B-R-O-A-U-M. This is only relevant because... I don't really I don't really want to talk negative about all the different Democrat contenders too much, but I want to be a watchdog on something Joe Biden suggested in the middle of January. He said that we should revoke Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act because he's pissed at um, Zuckerberg about something. Section 230 of the CDA that was the part that was carved out when they put FOSTA and SESTA into place. Like that was the part of the CDA that said that the platforms were not liable for the user content. So yeah. this article here by Mashable says Joe Biden calls Zuckerberg a real problem, quote, a real problem and wants to revoke Section 230. So in an interview with the New York Times editorial board published Friday, presidential candidate Joe Biden went off on Facebook and says he wants to revoke Section 230 of the CDA. Um, Section 230, it says here, shields internet platforms and publishers from liability for what users write on their platforms. For example, a social media company can't be sued for what a user posts and a blogger isn't liable for what readers write in the comment section. That's a big one. I never even thought about that. Um, Biden appears to have his sights set on Section 230 because of an October 2018 scuffle with Facebook. The Biden campaign wrote a letter to Facebook asking it to remove an ad posted by an independent political action committee, a PAC, claiming that Biden was blackmailing a Ukrainian official to keep them from prosecuting his son, Hunter. Facebook declined to remove the ad, answering it will not monitor political ads based on whether the information they present is true or false. So his takeaway from this is that Section 230 needs to be removed so that we can immediately hold websites liable for everything that their users publish. So that shows me again, Joe, you don't really understand how the Internet works. And then in this article, it says... 
The internet saw the consequences of kneecapping CDA 230 firsthand in 2018, and it wasn't pretty. Two provisions called FOSTA and SESTA were nominally introduced to curb online sex trafficking by making internet companies liable for hosting prostitution ads on their websites. While the intention seemed noble, although some said it was actually a conservative anti-sex work Trojan horse, the effects were immediately chilling. Um, so yeah, just uh, let's leave 2.30 alone. You already heard it enough. I want to keep that just relevant in people's minds. If you hear anybody say that we need to do away with uh, Section 230 of the CDA, that's very, very scary. That's some like accidental fascism shit. Oh, did you hear about the professor that spent over $100,000 federal grant money in sports bars and strip clubs? I did not. That's amazing. <laughs> God. Well, I wonder what the federal grant money was used for. I mean, I don't know how amazing that is, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, it's... it's um, it says... He spent over 185k in grant money from the Navy, the Department of Energy, and the National Science Foundation. Yikes. $96,000 of misappropriated funds from 2010 to 2017 were spent at strip clubs and sports bars. The other 89,000 was used for meals and iTunes purchases. <laughs> uh, the man has agreed to repay over 53,000 of the money. He's facing two counts that could put him in jail up to 14 years. Interesting. <sighs> That's a lot of like money to be spending at strip clubs and on itunes but, i know yeah. <laughs> it's strip clubs and an itunes like what movies is he watching and what clubs got this money <laughs> yeah um but, i had a yeah. um someone sent this to me they said do you think this is good or bad or what and i'm like well it's a mixed bag because i don't know what the money was originally going yeah. to be spent on but it's cool that some of it got distributed to working people working women so yeah, yeah there's you know, the department of energy it could be quite a few things. I know that they're also in control of, like, they also, you know, control our nukes and stuff. So yeah, <laughs> hopefully let's let's hope it was towards something that wasn't productive. <laughs> I know. Every time I read an article about, well, ha, it doesn't happen that often, but the few times that I've read some articles about um, people blowing a ton of money in strip clubs, I'm always like, two things. I'm like jealous and also good for them <laughs> because... Yeah. And, you know, it's been mentioned, like, I love where I work. It's a smaller, intimate divey club, which has its, you know, trade-offs. Like, there's less risk involved. Um, like, I consistently can probably make a certain amount of money now that I have my, like, hustle and my regulars down. But the ceiling on, like, the cap on how much I could possibly make is pretty low just because I don't work in a place where people are coming in and throwing $100 bills. I just don't. It's a, a more humble setting. Um so when someone like I see girls sometimes posting their earnings and it's like twelve hundred dollars and I'm just like, I don't make that. But like, I'm happy for you because I also don't know what kind of bullshit you had to put up with, you know. Um, yeah. And you don't know the kind of rent they're paying, the areas they're in. Exactly. Uh, the accommodations they have to make to be able to live in the areas that have really high um, like counts of bodies coming into strip clubs. So mm -hmm. like, you know, if it's Vegas, I imagine that the club has really high fees. If mm -hmm. it's New York, you're paying rent. If it's like, you know, a major metropolis, you might have to commute because you can't live near it. Mm -hmm. Like there's there's all sorts of trade-offs that I would imagine come with making more money. The same mm -hmm. way that they do for other jobs, right? Right. Like 
I mean, how much how much of a life is a life if you have tons of money but no time to ever spend it or enjoy it? Exactly. So. Totally. And I'm trying to be more minimalist this year anyway. So trying to like enjoy more time with friends, just like stretching and talking instead of like shopping yeah. or going to a show or like buying some new thing. Yeah. So I like that. Thank you. Me too. So lastly, uh, this came out January 28th, 2020. I'm reading this on NBCNews.com. Lesbians more accepted than gay men around the world, study finds. The study explored attitudes toward non-heterosexual men and women in 23 countries and found, quote, gay men are disliked more than lesbians in every country. (sighs) What do you think about this? Um, Well, I think that if women were in charge of the world, they might have been given a chance to to spread of that a lot of that like anti-lesbian rhetoric that you'll hear um from like straight women but Mm. since it's straight men in charge of the world you know this is Mm. this is what we get right oh (laughs) so because it just trickles down and uh since you know lesbians more match their desires and and match heteronormativity a little bit more since you know female behavior is more accepted throughout society if it's uh, a woman on woman than if it's man on man That's a really interesting perspective. I hadn't thought about the fact it seems counterintuitive that like because men run the world that you would think like they would be more forgiving of men. But because it's also like androcentrism. So like, yeah, masculinity is more prized in general. (laughs) You'd expect them to be like, oh, like maybe like the Greeks or Romans, you know, like, yes, men, uh, Men mm-hmm. who do each other in the butt, like it's it's the the bottom Com- is the one who's truly like you know being gay, but the tops aren't that gay. No, now we've reached a level where it's like even like more than like familiarity between men is seen as like homosexual or at least homoerotic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in other cultures, when it was like a coming of age, and older men would take younger men into their yeah into that was like care. pedestry right like in greek times or something like that like milo milo yiannopoulos defended that for a while i remember mm. that was i loved when he said that because i was like this is what is finally gonna get you off the fucking airwaves and out of my face like oh. you finally have said something so dumb <laughs> what yeah. did he i kind of remember that there was like a backlash to yeah, he defended basically the old like weird pedophilic sort of like staple of greek culture of pedestry where like older men would sleep with young boys and like mentor them but also sleep with them and like fuck their thighs or something weird and (laughs) uh, he defended it and he started not just defending it but also saying that it might be like necessary in modern times which was really weird or something and everyone was like whoa like okay and uh, the thing was he had a million dollar book deal on the table I remember and they that. Yanked that out from under him, and they took yeah. out everything. And that was one of the happiest days of uh, my like <laughs> recent life, <laughs> online life. <laughs> I remember. I was I like, did... finally. And then, uh, like yeah. a day or two later, like people were throwing stuff at him inside of like a restaurant. Like someone threw like a glass of water at him, and they had to leave the restaurant. And I was like, ah, mm. can we just forever live in a society that rejects like the Milo types? Yeah, this was about two years ago. Okay, I see it on Vox.com. The fall of, is it Milo, how you say it? I don't know if it was Milo or Milo. Yeah, Milo Yiannopoulos. Yiannopoulos. The fall of Milo Yiannopoulos explained. The controversy shows racism, sexism, and other forms of bigotry are fine in conservative circles, but pedophilia crosses the line. Okay, yeah, that was February of 2017. All right, so that's really interesting. So 
back to this study. This was, uh, again, published on, I, the, the one I'm looking at is NBCnews.com, the article about it by Ta- Tim Fitzsimmons, Fitzsimmons, who knows. Um, this One of the researchers said, we found that gay men are disliked more than lesbian women in every country we tested, and they tested 23. This was conducted by three New York University psychologists and published in the December issue of the Journal of Social Psychology and Personality Science. Um, the article reminds us that sexual minorities face pervasive discrimination and hostility globally with same sex, sex, same sex sexual activity still illegal in approximately 70 countries. Interesting. Um, I can't fuck when I go on vacation. Uh, yeah. Maria Laura Bedinsoli, the study's lead authors, the report speculates that in some Eastern countries, quote, both gender norms and non-heterosexuality are considered Western or perhaps capitalist concepts, and those who are pro-Western are more likely to feel favorable toward both. That's interesting. Yeah. In all 23 countries studied, the report found, quote, gay men are rated more negatively than lesbian women. Yeah, I've said that like four times. And that trend was almost entirely driven by the views of men. That's what you said. That's what you theorized. Except in Poland, Hungary, and Russia, where women also assigned gay men higher negative ratings. In the U.S., men who are anti-gays largely direct their prejudice towards gay men, while women who are anti-gays direct their prejudice more equally towards gay men and gay women, the study found. Um, that's fascinating um so i came out to a male family member of mine like uh we two weeks ago i don't think i mentioned this in the show at all um uh no i don't think you did i know you uh came out to my mom but you know yeah uh, i told you that's right so i don't don't think we talked about it on the show okay well i i mean i think this would be a great tie-in and i considered if i was ready to okay so i don't have a big family um i don't want to name this relative but it's a relative that is in direct uh bloodline and contact to me and you can guess who that is but it's a male family figure older male um and we don't talk very often but i have heard that they are not in good health he told me he's not in good health he says he doesn't plan to be around much longer and so I really waited in my mind and I reached out to my mother to get a little bit of advice. And I said, you know, I think it's important to me. I want to come out to this family member, especially if they think yeah. they're on death's doorstep. And she said, if you're looking for acceptance, I don't know if you're going to get it. And yeah. I thought that's okay. Cause I don't expect any inheritance <laughs> and yeah. it just became important to me anyway. So I, casually threw it in a conversation that well you know I'm not straight right and uh, to which he responded what no I didn't know that are you bi and then I said uh well I used to say that but bi to me implies that I only have sex or date masculine men or feminine women and like really I just like all people regardless of their presentation or genitals and he was like, okay, okay, I don't need to hear details. I don't need to hear specifics. But it doesn't bother me because I don't think it's weird when women do it. It just bothers me when guys do it. Like, that's weird. And yeah. I thought, how nice that this is a loophole that I actually get to wiggle through. <laughs> you know? Like, this is yeah. a rare, this is a rare fucking instance where women are scrutinized less than men for something regarding their sexuality. You know, because if I was a 
boy or if I had a dick because I feel like half a man most of the time anyway but if I had a dick and I presented as a boy and I was a male then this could have been the end of our you know connection until the end of their life or whatever yeah. so isn't this just an example of that you know the study like yeah. god it's Ooh. it's weird both both genders and all genders really have like all these like pros and cons you know and isn't it sad that like instead of a world where we're all just treated well mm-hmm. we have to like you know be grateful for these like loopholes you know mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah i'm gay but like i'm probably not gonna get any sexism and like mm-hmm. it, it just like shit like that it's it's all these weird little trade-offs because of society's little hang-ups mm-hmm. about stuff you know mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i just don't you wish we just lived in a world where like people just treated each other equally and or at least with equity i don't know like fairly something mm-hmm. <laughs> well we're working on it and that's why we do the show um yeah. oh yeah so all right everybody that's gonna do it for episode 35 uh john is no longer on instagram but please find me on stripperwriter.com and yeah check us out on patreon until next time until next time Thank you for listening to Strange Bedfellows Podcast. To find behind-the-scenes, photos, bonus clips, and journals from your guests and hosts, type www.patreon, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash strange bedfellows and join for only $1. Find us online at strangebedfellowspdx.com and Instagram at strangebedfellowspdx. You can find me, L. Stanger, on stripperwriter.com and Instagram as L. Stanger. Write your hate mail or sex and relationship questions to pillow talk at strangebedfellowspdx.com and find me, John, on Instagram at metric.cafe. Please rate and review our show on your favorite listening app. Thanks for supporting sex education and freedom of expression.